Stand by to launch FanStream Sports. Three, two, one. Let's start. Hello, sports fans. Welcome to FanStream Sports. Nothing. Nothing but pure sports. This is the JP Show. JP, it is so good to hear you back on the air. Stand by. Now, here's JP. And welcome into another edition of the J.P. Peterson Show here on this Tuesday. And we welcome you in. Nick Geddes from Odd3.com joins me as well today. And it's another loser Tuesday for your Tampa Bay Rays after another very, very disappointing night in Arlington, Texas. We are brought to you by the great folks at the Jeeves Law Group, J-E-E-V-E-S Law Group.com and Bay Area Modern Medical Center. And Nick Geddes, the... Uh, I think the outcries for more offense for this team are going to get louder and louder and louder as another night goes by where the Rays waste a wonderful pitching performance by Shane McClanahan. He was spot on. His velocity was up. His location was perfect. His movement was fantastic. He gave up one bad pitch, one bomb, and that was it. And meanwhile, the Rays offense was just, you know, uh, a, a hair away from a home run here, a hair away from a double there. Very frustrating night for the Rays, I think you would agree. Yeah, they've had some uh, frustrating losses this year, but when you lose on a, a wild pitch like mm. that, it doesn't get much more frustrating than that, I would argue. And the way the game went, like you mentioned, what was it about? At least three or four home runs that they had that just went foul. Oh. Couple to the warning track. I think Wander had one. Brandon Lau had one. That maybe it's some other. Paredes had one off of Chapman that I thought was going to give the Rays the lead in the top of the ninth. That was a bomb. Yeah, it's just, just foul. Par for the course for this team right now offensively. They've been offensively challenged for the last couple months. And, you know, the good thing is the Orioles, they dropped the game tonight against the, uh, the Los Angeles Dodgers, 6 4. So the Rays, for now, for now, mm-hmm are still clinging to a one-game lead in the AL East. But I think it's fair to, to – again, I'm not ready to put the alarm bells on by any means at this moment, but 31-30, and 30, yeah. it's a 29-7 and seven start. That is a pretty – I mean, what are – we talked about what are they. And I yeah. said I didn't want to go off a little bit of a bad stretch, like the seven-game losing streak to determine it. But that's like two months plus of a sample size there now. That's as much of a that's more of a sample size than what we saw when they were twenty nine and seven. Yeah, you have to ask yourself, who are the Rays at this point? And I don't think they're as bad as thirty one and thirty or as average as that. I don't think they're as great. I don't think they're as great as twenty nine and seven. I I mean, it's the easy answer. They're somewhere in between that. Well, the lack of starting pitching and the injuries to the pitching staff are just have just caught up with them the last two months. That's all there is to it. You know, they start off hot when they had the majority of their pitching, um, and they've lost two starters, two spectacular starters to Tommy John. Um, their bullpen has been beat up at times. Uh, the offense just started uh, at, in record fashion, and it has come down to earth. Um, you know, we started this season, I, I said this was probably an 85-87 win team, could win, can get in a wild card and do, maybe, maybe uh, squeak out a, a playoff victory or two, but not much more than that. Um, you know, obviously the start had me thinking that that was completely wrong, but now I'm thinking that maybe this, is, this offense is what this offense is. And, you know, we talked about this, Nick, at the beginning of the season. We said, Hey, you know, I think what Neander ended up doing was saying, look, I, all these deals that are being made um, for big left-handed hitters, Cody Bellinger, um, you know, they just don't, they seem like they're out of whack. They're out of whack. They were just passed on the deals. And I, I said, okay, fine. Let's, let's go see what this offense does. And then at the deadline, if, if you need a bat, you go get a bat. You spend some money, you got the prospects, you go get a bat. And of course, we started gangbusters, and I'm thinking, well, they're, they're not, you know, that's that was a good strategy. They they didn't waste their money on somebody that may not have panned out uh, from the left side or whatever you want to talk about from uh, as a power hitter. So great job by Eric Neander. You waited, you were patient, you waited to see if these guys can get it done, and boy, are they getting it done. You know, now a couple of months later, they're playing 500 baseball, as you just uh, detailed, 31 and 30, and you say to yourself. Now it's time to go out and get the big bat. And you mentioned Juan Soto yesterday. I think that's, you know, if the Padres are going to be sellers, I, I, I'm not sure that they are, um, but they may get something in return that they really need. And it's not, it's more of a one, you know, a one for one. Maybe we send them some pitching, some young pitching. Maybe they 
um, you know, and they send us a big bat. Who knows? Who knows what that deal is? There's a lot of good bats out there that, that may be on the move. But I think without question right now, I mean, a couple of weeks ago, I was saying we need a starting pitcher. We got to get a starting pitcher. I don't have confidence that Glass now is going to be healthy the whole way. And with Rasmussen now definitely not returning, they got to go get a pitcher. Now I'm saying the number one priority is a bat. They need a big bat in the middle of that lineup. Yeah, I mean, things have changed. It's a 162-game season, and we're right here on the deadline. And as we've been pointing out, look at the teams that they're going to have to play here in the next four to five series, taking them right up to the deadline, where we're going to find out real quick what they are and and how aggressive they really want to get. I think my whole point of the trade deadline is it's cool to throw all these big names out. How likely at the end of the day are it, is it that they're going to land one of these big names or that anybody, for that matter, is going to land one of these big, these big names, whether it's a Soto, whether it's an Otani or an Arenado. I think it's very unlikely. But I think my general point is if the Rays walk out of the deadline and the only upgrade to the offense they've made is similar to what they did last year when the acquisition from a hitting standpoint was a David Peralta type, I'm going to be pretty underwhelmed. Yeah. I'm going to be pretty underwhelmed from that. I don't even know necessarily if I'm asking for Juan Soto. It'd be cool to have that, obviously. I mean, nobody's going to say no to that. I'm just asking, can you get me a can you get me a, a good hitter? A, a good hitter, maybe a, a, an all-star kind of guy. It, it could be a rental. doesn't bother me whatsoever. You don't have to pay their full salary, obviously, for the rest of the season. I think that's where I'm at from it. But again, my general point is if you walk away with a David Peralta type acquisition and that's all you add to the offense at the moment, I don't know how you justify that. I just really don't know how to justify that at this point. There's got to be at least one big move, I think, made to the to the middle of that order right now. Well, and you know, I'm, I'm not exactly sure who's available out there, who, who what you know, people are talking about at this point, um, but They've, they've got to make some moves. And I think now it's to the point where they got to add a pitcher. Uh, people are talking about bullpen arms as well, although the bullpen numbers have been pretty good lately. Uh, but I definitely think that the bat is a must. That's an absolute must. You cannot continue to watch this offense because it has reverted to what we saw last year. These guys are more, I think, like what we've seen lately than they were in the first month of the season. I mean, I hate to say that, but I think that's that's who they are. Um, they're better offensively, no question about it, than they were last year. But it's not like they were in the first month and a half of the season. That was that was just ridiculous. And now they've regressed to the mean. So um, we'll see what happens. Now it started yesterday with the DFA of uh, Yanni Chirinos, which tells me that probably they have a deal in place to bring in a starter. Would you agree? You'd think. I mean, I, I believe that opens up what a forty-man spot on the roster. Yep. By by DFA Johnny uh, Yanni Chirinos, who I think they gave chances to all season to try to yeah. figure his stuff out. But I, I think he, he kind of has been he's, you know, the Ryan Yarbrough of the world. Like he's kind of like the right handed Yarbrough for this team for so many years. And I think just low velocity and trying to pitch to contact. It's not really going to work, I think, in the modern game. So I think the move for Yanni there. Uh, was probably needed. He wasn't going to be on the, the postseason roster anyway, regardless, as we mentioned uh, a couple weeks ago. So, yeah, it opens up a spot there for the pitching because, you know, you have McClanahan. He came back from his injury, and, you know, he said he felt better in this start than he has in any other one from a physical standpoint. He looked damn good through five innings. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was as efficient as I've ever seen him through the first five innings. And then the one, uh, the home run from Duran, which was a really good pitch, Oh my god! Just one of those where you got to tip your cap to uh, Ezekiel Duran for taking that the other way. Uh, unfortunate, obviously, for how that how that uh, went it went on to impact the game. But you have him. You have Glasnow, who pitched really good over the weekend, and you just cross your fingers he can stay healthy. Uh, Zach Eflin had the the blip there in Kansas City, but he's been I think their most consistent pitcher all season. Yeah. Uh, and then Todd Todd Bradley is still up here and. You know, I think we both had kind of mentioned, is he the kind of guy you could rely on in his rookie year where he's going to go through those ebbs and flows uh, to be a fourth starter in a playoff series? I don't know. I think that's one that's a tough one. So I do think there probably is a demand there to get a starting pitcher. And the name that we threw out yesterday, and it was reported that the Rays are uh, potentially pursuing, is a Lance Lynn, who is uh, a veteran. He's pitching some big games. And the ERA is, I think, over six right now. But 
he struck out 133 guys. He's among the league leaders, and he's been better of late. And we know that if the Grays get that guy, you know, around here, he'll probably pitch much better than what he did the first half of the season in Chicago. So maybe that's a name. Uh, Marcus Stroman is obviously the big popular one in Chicago. The Rays yeah, have yeah. had a love affair with, you know, at least negotiating a deal with the Cubs. It's never really come through. Maybe this is the year. I mean, there's the Rays are obviously always going to look at the under-the-radar guys, so it wouldn't surprise me if it's somebody we're not even thinking of. But absolutely, I think the move is indicative of what they're going to do, and that's probably going to add something here to the starting pitching. I saw a rumor just the other day that the uh, the Astros – Maybe in on Cody Bellinger. Oh my, uh, <laughs> that would certainly tip the scales in Houston's favor. We really, uh, we really need to see that. No, Bellinger I don't want. Astros. Nobody wants to see that unless you live in Houston. Nobody, nobody. Uh, no, no, thank you. Um, Pete Alonso had been rumored since he is going to be a free agent at the end of the year that maybe the Mets would uh, try to get something for him and then try to re-sign him in the offseason. That would be a bit of a gamble, but. Um, now that seems to uh, Steve Cohen has said, no, we're not going to do that. We're not going to trade Pete Alonso. I'd like to see Pete Alonso come home to Tampa for the second half. I, I might give up a prospect or two to see that happen. How fun would that be? We I'm could, sure. We could I'm wish. Sure. I mean, we could wish, but I, I, I don't think it's – I mean, although if I'm the Mets right now, given where they are and I'm Steve Cohen, I think everybody's available. Right? I, I don't think there's a single player on the Mets that I'm going, yeah, I'm not trading that guy. Right. Right. Now, they have a lot of large contracts that they're not going to be able to trade anyway, but I would be open for offers. But I, I would like to think that Pete Alonso is one of those names that you're close to saying we're not going to entertain an offer for. Right, absolutely. And uh, um, yeah, that that would be fun. I mean, if you had a wish list, well, I mean, for, for the Rays, I mean, you have Otani at the top, right? <laughs> but, again, we talked about this yesterday. We're not giving up five or six prospects Although, to, get, to get a rental. Although I will say, I can get on this show all I want and tell you that trading six prospects for three months of Shohei Otani is not a smart thing. But if it happened in the <laughs> in the ulterior universe where it happens, let's be honest, we're jumping for joy. In the mo, if it if are it, we? I mean, we, August, we talked about what we would have to give up to to get I, him. I understand I, that. I do understand that, and I'm but I'm I'm almost putting my fan hat back. The fan in me. If August 1st comes and Shohei Otani is a Ray, I could give a damn what they gave up. In that moment, I probably will give, I will give a damn. If they give up Wander Franco, uh, three top prospects, and uh, Pete Fairbanks, you're going to go, oh, yeah, sure, no problem. Well, you that's, got not, your well team. That's, that's not realistic. Well, you said it doesn't matter what we give up. Well, you, you, in the you might have to give up that to get Otani. of what's realistic – they would be giving up at best a major leaguer not named Wander Franco, not named Shane McClanahan, and some prospects. And in that case, I could say, oh, maybe that wasn't a smart move, but if Otani's a Tampa Bay Ray, I'm not going to sit here and tell you this is awful that we got Otani. Hell no. I mean, are you paying attention to what he did to the to the Yankees? Yeah. Just 35th home run to tie it up here. He's doing the Lord's work there, making sure the Yankees continue to struggle to win games. Oh, I get it. I get it. And your boy Jonathan Aranda gets sent down as Yandy comes back off the uh, expected paternity list. I expected, dream. but we didn't. You know, we didn't want to see it happen. No one could. One could have dreamed. Just like I could have dreamed that Taylor Walls could have hit a could have hit a fair ball tonight. He had two mm -hmm. in a row that he ripped down the right field line that were just foul. It kind of sums up the way he's been going since May. And, and I did put out there, I said, when Chapman came in throwing 103, by the way, the fastest pitch in, in Texas Rangers history, uh, throwing 103 miles an hour, just blowing guys away. And Parade, he's almost got him. But um, I, I said, yeah, this was, you know, the, the Rangers gave up next to nothing. They gave up one really good prospect in a, in a, in a you know, a middling reliever to get Chapman, which I think, you know, you talked about this. You've been talking about this for two months. And I was like, nah, we don't want him. That's not the type of guy we want in our clubhouse. And I'm like, well, then I saw him pitch against the Rays, and I'm like, this dude is all the way back. And then, I mean, that's – and I, and then we said right then, I said, damn, dude, was that the deal that, that sunk the Rays in the American League? If they have to play the Rangers, just look at what happened here. That was the difference in the game, the two closers. Chapman was lights out, and Fairbanks, you know, look, he, he gave up the winning run, and he, and he pulled a pitch, and – a wild pitch that no way Bethancourt's going to get that 100 mile an hour that he pulls. That's just that's that's impossible. And 
you know, he did give up the leadoff double. So it, when it comes down to closing the games, the Rangers had the edge and they were the ones that went out and were aggressive to get Chapman. And I, you know, I had a couple people on, you know, Twitter say, uh, you know, no, I don't want to see Chapman in, in a Rays uniform for many, uh, for many reasons. I'm like, okay. Um, that was Brandon, Brenton Shepard. Captain Brady said, JP, you better wake up homeboy on the JP Peterson show. This is a Rays team from last year, completely identical. I don't agree with that. Um, but I think the, the offense is better. It's not, you know, first month better, but it's better than, than what we saw at the last MC. So I think this is a better team overall, but, um, you know, still by this time next week, who wants to bet the Razor in second place? I mean, it's hard to believe. We're not even done with July, and the Rays are going to be in second place. Well, but it's a good thing, at least, that they get to play the Orioles for four games. They they need to play the Orioles for four they games. They do. They do. They, they really do. They need those four games. And, and to your point about back ends of the bullpens, which is so important in the playoffs, and I have to look that far in advance with this team right now. Yes, it's everything. Uh, I mean, the, the Rangers put it out there that Aroldis Chapman is our guy at the end of the game, and good luck. Right, especially with this Chapman. This is not the Chapman from the last two, three seasons that's been very hittable. This right. is this is we're talking like 2015, 2016, Ooh. a role as Chapman. Okay, you this see is that little hitch that he has now, that little that little inside move that he makes with his hip. Little, yeah, he, he's completely he brings deep. it up here and then tucks it in a little bit more and then right. whoosh, he's just he's just completely found he's like refound himself. So and then the Orioles, we already saw what happened the times we oh. played the Orioles this year when you got to deal with Cano and, and Batista, who's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think the Rays, as much as I love I love the way the bullpen has come around lately, I can t- I don't think I can tell you right now that I like our option. And I'm not trying to – I love Pete Fairbanks, don't get me wrong. I just think this season he hasn't been in Felix Batista or Aroldis Chapman's league. That's right. I think that's a fair assessment. He's been really Pretty good. Elite He's yeah. been really good, but those two guys have just been elite. Yeah, for, to, to another level. So, look, as we sit here today, um, you know, you get a great start from McClanahan, wasted. You had a lot of bad luck, should have won the game, but you're still a game up on the Orioles, and you got to play them next week. I just, you know, it's it's just the, the lack of offense that has been so consistent with this team over the past month, certainly, that bugs me. And uh, we'll see where it goes. We'll see where it goes. Um, all right, uh, we'll take a break, and when we come back, we got a couple of interesting stories. Uh, yesterday, NFL running backs absolutely lost their minds because they didn't get deals, and I don't, I don't think what are they going to go on strike? All the running backs? I don't know. We shall see, but we'll talk about that. We got some NIL news from the SEC meetings, which I think is pretty damn interesting, um, and we'll talk some lightning as well. We didn't get to the Tanner Janot signing. Uh, much more coming your way here on the JP Peterson Show. Stay with us. Hey guys, are you experiencing those feelings of getting older, lower sex drive, fatigue, hot flashes, moodiness, or you just don't feel like you had the vitality you once had? It's a chronic problem here in the United States. You're not just getting old, it's likely low testosterone. Studies over the last 20 years show a shocking decline in younger males aged 16 to 39. Older men have seen a sharp decline as well, so do something about it. Go see my friend Christopher Lugo at Bay Area modern medicine look testosterone replacement is not a frivolous treatment it takes a professional targeted approach that focuses on total body wellness vitality and emotional stability not a one-size-fits-all approach like many clinics use they will monitor your blood work and adjust your treatment as needed for optimal results folks i've been on testosterone therapy for over six years and it is a life changer you will feel and look better than you did 10 years ago give them a call at 844-977-3477 or go to bammc.com tell them jp sent you for priority scheduling that's 844-977-3477 or bammc.com jp here for the jeeves law group have you been injured in an accident in an auto accident truck accident motorcycle accident at work or at a place of business Well, call the Jeeves Law Group and get the personal attention that you deserve. I made the mistake many, many years ago with going with one of the bigger law firms, the national law firms. And let me tell you, getting a call back from those folks was next to impossible. Weeks and weeks would go by, never get a call back. That doesn't happen with the Jeeves Law Group. Personal attention is what they're all about. When you call the Jeeves Law Group, you will be part of the family. They will represent you in a vigorous and aggressive way against the insurance companies. 
these larger companies will promise bigger settlements, but it's the Jeeves Law Group that will get you the best results. If you're tired of dealing with these bigger law firms, check out the Jeeves Law Group. Go to JeevesLawGroup.com, tell them JP sent you, get a free consultation. It's the Jeeves Law Group. Scott Jeeves has been representing clients in the Tampa Bay area for over 25 years. Give them a call. It's a free call, 727-894-2929, 727-894-2929, or go to JeevesLawGroup.com. During COVID, over 1.7 million people were added to the Florida Medicaid rolls, but as of April 1st, 2023, most of these people may not be eligible for the Medicaid coverage and will lose their health plan. If you have been notified you are losing your coverage, don't freak out. It's very likely you can apply for a federal subsidy under the Affordable Care Act. Just call 877-652-0244. Our representatives will walk you through the whole process, get some basic information on your income, number of kids, and then they'll find a plan that best fits your needs. In fact, with the new laws, 90% of Americans qualify for reduced or free health care. You can select great plans like Florida Blue. That's my carrier. Love them. Paying $800 left after making the call. 877-652-0244. Our highly trained professionals know all the intricacies of the new laws. They will do all the work. You save tons of money. So if you're being dropped from Medicaid, fear not. Call 877-652-0244. Get real health insurance, free doctor visits, free blood work, no deductibles. 877-652-0244. Hey, JP here for Extravaganza Productions Incorporated. EPI, you've probably seen their purple logo at so many events that you've gone to. They are based in Tampa, And for over 33 years, they've been creating and producing conferences, meetings, and special events, the biggest to the smallest, solid reputation of delivering the best audiovisual, sound, lighting, entertainment, video production, and decor on time and on budget. I've worked with them with so many big events, the Warrior Games, which was an Olympic-style event all over uh, Tampa Bay, from McDill to the Convention Center to USF. They did it flawlessly, made it look big and fantastic. I've worked with them on small events as well, uh, large and small meetings and conferences, sporting events, fundraisers. If you got a fundraiser, you don't know the logistical way to pull it off, they'll take care of everything. Entertainment events, branding events, grand openings, so much more. The folks at Extravaganza Productions are the most professional and the best. I've worked with them many times. They are fantastic. You can contact them through extravaganzaproductions.com or call 813-621-4700. Extravaganza Productions. They are awesome. Coming back at you. Now, more with JP on Fan Stream Sports. It's only just begun. And welcome back to the JP Peterson Show, brought to you by the great folks at the Jeeves Law Group and Bay Area Modern Medical Center, Italiano Insurance, the Gold and Diamond Source, Extravaganza Productions, and American Mortgage Services. If you got a, a new event, a old event, a small event, a big event, whatever you want, Extravaganza Productions is the one for you. They will get it done for you, all the audiovisual equipment you need. They have a warehouse full of props. So get your free creative consultation from the folks at EPI. Go to their website, extravaganzaproductions.com, and contact them and tell them JP sent you, and they'll give you that free creative session where you can find out what you can do with your event. And there you go. Extravaganza Production. Great folks over there, Paul Thomason and Dolly. Tell them JP sent you. All right, uh, a lot of NFL running backs bitching and moaning that they didn't get their long-term deals. Uh, Saquon Barkley tweeted, it is what it is. As the deadline passed yesterday, Josh Jacobs, Tony Pollard, who was the only one I think that has signed his franchise tag, um, they're all up in arms about, you know, we can't get long-term deals. We're just treated like widgets, (laughs) blah, 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 blah. I don't know. I, I don't have a whole lot of sympathy for him, my friend. I mean, it is what it is. It, 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 the, the problem with the running back position is is those great running backs, are, you know, they're fantastic, but there's so many young ones like Pacheco that come around in the seventh round and just ruin it for everybody. And so nobody wants to draft the running back. Everybody thought the Ray, the Bucks were going to draft the running back. I was like, nah, I don't see it happening. They, they got two guys that they've drafted in the third round. They feel like they're pretty good players. They're as good as anybody they feel in the draft, maybe not uh, B. John Robinson, but, and that's what they're going with. And, you know, I, I just don't see that it's worth it in the NFL. It's too brutal of a game. And now moving to an 18 game season pretty soon. Look, especially if you're a guy that's taken in the first round and you've got a five, five years, 
you're not getting a second yeah. contract. That's just the way the game is gone. Um, I, I don't know how you change it. I've, I've been an advocate of, of changing the rules maybe to allow uh, the running backs to be a bigger part of the game because I like the game when the Earl Campbells and the Larry Zonkas and, and the Mike Allstotts, you know, those power backs were just trucking people. I love that part of the game. You know, watching Barry Sanders run was, was just the greatest thing in the world as an NFL fan. You know, and, and running backs, for the most part, have become afterthoughts. And I would like to see the game to return to the running game. I don't know how you do that, whether you can somehow legislate how many people can be in the box at one time. I don't know if you can even do that. But I, I would like to see some rule changes that would promote the running game and more balance. I know the league doesn't want to see that. Well, they want to see more points. They just want to see, you know, 54 to 52 games, which I think are not great. Um, I don't know. I, 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 I kind of feel for the running backs in that way. Their, their points are well taken, but I don't, I don't see what, what's going to change. I don't think anything's ever going to change. I do feel for them. I get it. They're, they feel like they're some of the best players in the league and the most talented. And they just, it seems like the kind of the, the system right now is you draft a running back, they play, they have two or three real good years, they get franchise tagged, maybe they get franchise tagged again, and then they're a free agent and someone overpays for them. But for that moment, they're, you know, 27, 28, the backside of their career, and those contracts don't age. It just seems to be that way. And <clears throat> I went back and looked, by the way, because how important is the running back to winning a Super Bowl, right? I think it's the ultimate question here. Right. Allow me to go through this exercise with you. Okay. Starting running back for the team that won the Super Bowl this year was Isaiah Pacheco. Mm -hmm. The year prior was Cam Akers, who has more cachet. But guess yeah. what? He ran for 21 yards in that Super Bowl. Um, mm -hmm. The year prior was Leonard Fournette. Okay. The year prior. And let's be honest. Um, if I was going to say, <laughs> as far as offensive players for the Buccaneers, where I would rank Leonard Fournette. He's like fifth in line at that time. Do you think fifth? I think it was I, behind know, Brady. I, I disagree. I, I think disagree. he was behind Brady. Brady, Brady, and the four weapons. I I, I disagree. No, I, I think I think Fournette was a huge part of it. He was, in, in but the running in the running game and the passing game. He yeah, made some I, huge plays for this team, was. bro. Yeah, I, you know, he's probably – listen, I've, the more I keep going through this list, Leonard Fournette may actually end up being the one that was most important to his team winning. Yes, yes. Okay. They don't, I don't going. think the Bucks win the Super Bowl without Leonard Fournette. That's fair. That's fair. I keep going, though. The year, after, the year before that, Chiefs in 2020, Damian Williams. Uh, the year before that was the Patriots use a committee. The year before that was the Eagles, LeGarrette Blunt. Then it yeah. was the Patriots again committee. The year before that, C.J. Anderson with Denver. Then it's the Patriots again, committee. You have to go all the way back to 2014 to find a running back who was as essential to his team's success. You can no doubt about it, and that's Marshawn Lynch. So what okay. did I just find there? Eight of the last nine – seven or the last nine Super Bowls or eight of the last nine Super Bowls, I got one guy – that I can tell you was the focal point of his offense as a running back. It was an elite running back in the league because Leonard Fournette was not an elite running back. He got hot no. at the right time. The right. only elite running back that has won a Super Bowl in the last nine years was Marshawn Lynch. And the other ones I just told you, I mean, C.J. Anderson, James White, LeGarrette Blunt, uh, yeah. Damian Williams, they're cast-offs. So how important is the running back to winning a Super Bowl, having a no. star running back? It's not. It's just not. That's why, you know, I would rarely draft them in the first round. I mean, the, the Falcons drafting, I mean, uh, <laughs> thank you for doing that, Atlanta. But um, Jalen Carter still on the board. They, <laughs> wow. Um, thank you. But, uh, you know, yeah, look at Derrick Henry. Have we seen a better back in the league than Derrick Henry? I mean, in terms of carrying a team and, and, and dominating a game. But they have a ceiling. Right. They have a ceiling as far as you can go, and it's probably what? Winning one playoff game is probably that team's ceiling forever. That seems to be what's going on with the running back position. Yeah, so, you know, I think a lot of these running backs overplay their hand. Uh, remember when Le'Veon Bell sat out a whole season? Right. I mean, just bananas. Bananas. I, I think for, for running backs, you just got to accept where you're, where you're at in this league right now, you know, and then maybe try to become a receiver. <laughs> I mean, seriously, I'd rather be a third receiver 
and uh, you know, then a running back. Hey, third, third receivers, money. third receivers, i.e., Russell Gage, get the same amount of money as Saquon Barkley is going to make this year if yeah. he signs tag. How about that? How about that? And, and the and the punishment that those guys take, clearly, it's unfair. It's totally unfair. It but it is. But this life ain't fair, boys. This life just is in. not fair. Life, life is not fair. fair. The NFL's a business, and it's not in any good business sense to pay a running back. Saquon Barkley's 26 years old. He's going to be 27 at the end of the year or whatever it is. What interest is it in the Giants to give him a four-year contract or whatever it is for, let's just throw like $50 million out there, That if that's a number, right? Because what does that factor out to, around $14 million per? Yeah. Around there? What, what, how is that in the best interest of the Giants? It's not. It's not. It's just and, and not. These, these guys are going to make, what, about 10.7? Yeah, and, on, and here's – yeah, and, I, yeah. and the argument I keep hearing, I listen to it all day on the shows and everybody's sticking up for why Saquon needs to get his money. And they're trying to say, well, Stop. well, Daniel Jones got his money and, and Daniel Jones is not as talented at what he does as what oh Saquon Barkley does. It's like people it's racist. I mean, get, get back into reality, get back into reality here. Like, I don't need to answer that question for why Daniel Jones got 40 million. You don't. It's it's a quarterback. That's the way it goes. That's that's part of the business. Um, yeah, I I I I don't want to hear him bitching and moaning. I think it's a, a you know I think Saquon said it is what it is. I didn't get it. Now I'm going to go play. Um, you know, it's just it's it's hey tough to be a running back, boys. Should um, should have gone for another position. I mean seriously, if you're a, if I'm a running back in college now or I'm coming up through the ranks, I'm going to say you know what maybe I, I maybe I want to be a receiver. Maybe I want to you know try to try to get that well, maybe maybe that's why there's so many running backs now who are who are catching the ball at an elite rate yeah. i don't know yeah i think the ones that are the most valuable like mccaffrey to me i barely i loosely call that guy a running back yeah i loosely call him a running back same thing with camara when he not maybe the camara of now but the camara of three four years ago and so yeah. on and they're just their like, shelf life is just you know other than adrian peterson right in the past 20 years i can't uh, and frank gore um I can't remember a guy that has had any real long sense of, of longevity. You know, it just, you, you carry the ball 300 times for three or four seasons. You're toast. You're done. You're I mean, done. did, you see, did you see the way Le'Veon Bell looked when he came off a whole year of not even playing? Oh, awful. It, it just, you I lose mean, it. there's you so many examples of how quick you lose it around the league. It's just yeah. not, like I said, it's not in the best interest of these teams to pay the running backs. It's the end, that's it's, why, it's close, but it's, it is what it is. When people were talking about, you know, they mocking Bijan Robinson to the Buccaneers in the first round. I'm like, no, 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 no. And no, um, you just, it, and they, most of all, because they feel like Rashad White's going to be a damn good running back. And I think Keyshawn's going to be a pretty damn good running back as well. And Chase Edmonds, you know, he can add some, some little dash and in, 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 in the run game and in the pass game. I like where the Bucks are at. I mean, could they add another running back? Yeah. Um, and they got also uh, the kid from Syracuse and his name always. Sean Tucker. Sean Tucker. Yeah. And, you know, people are talking him up. We got to get him on the field. He's got that heart condition. So I think if he can play, they don't need to go find a veteran. If he can't, then they probably do need to go find another one. Um, uh, but they're, hey. There's plenty of them out there right now. Plenty, plenty of decent running backs out there, and I'm glad they didn't draft one. I'm glad they didn't draft one. They don't need one. Not, in, not in this offense. So, and I, yeah, I have all the faith in the world in Rashad White. I really do. I can't wait. I think he's, he's one of those. You know, like I say, Tyler Glass now is kind of the linchpin for the Rays in terms of their postseason hopes. If he stays healthy, they got a great shot. If Rashad White can play 17 games and get 20 to 25 touches, I think he's going to be a 1500 yard from scrimmage back. I think he's going to be, have a huge, huge year. And I think Keyshawn will be a, a nice, um, a nice compliment to him. And we'll see what we get out of Chase. But one of those guys is going to get hurt. That's just the way, that, you know, that's the way that the game goes. Probably be Chase Edmonds because he's older, but we'll see. Um, you know, and I, I think the Bucks are in a good spot, but I apologize to those other running backs. Tough for you. Tough for you. <laughs> All right, we're going to take another break. When we come back, uh, some very interesting comments from Greg Sankey, the SEC commissioner at the, the SEC Media Days. Um, I think they're going to be met with a lot of skepticism. And he was even contradicted by one of his coaches on the same podiums moments after he got done. Wacky first day at the SEC Media Days. 
talking NIL. We'll be back and chat about that. Stay with us. All right. This is for all you guys who don't want to go to the gym and do 5,000 crunches. At Bay Area Modern Medical Center, you can get on the new True Body Machine where you can reduce fat and tone up your muscle. It's like doing 54,000 crunches in just 15 minutes. Define your body as you see fit. True Body offers personalized muscle stimulation that delivers the equivalent of those 54,000 crunches in just 15 minutes. Just get in touch with them at Bay Area Modern Medical Center, BAMMC.com. Chris Lugo and the team over there will set you up on True Body and get amazing results, non invasive with comfortable and little to no pain and zero downtime. You can isolate and target those areas that you want to improve and treat multiple areas simultaneously. It's an amazing machine, so check it out at Bay Area Modern Medical Center, B-A-M-M-C.com. Well, Fitz the Mortgage Guy did it again. A listener heard his ad was going to another big bank, but called Scott Fitzgerald at American Mortgage Services of Tampa, and Fitz saved him $618 on his monthly payment. Are you kidding me? Folks, that's big money. Rates are going up, they're going down, they're going all over the place. Scott will shop your loan and save you lender fees and get the best rates. Email him, scott at amstampa.com or call 813-294-7595. That's Fitz the Mortgage Guy. Lots of stuff going on right now and these rates are going all over the place. You need somebody knowledgeable in the market that will work hard for you and get you the best deal. That's my man, Scott. He's done three loans for me, done thousands of loans for Local folks here, works with a lot of the coaches and players in the area. He's the guy. 813-294-7595 or go to scott at amstampa.com. Insurance coverage can be confusing and expensive. I mean, where do you start? Which companies can you count on to pay out fast and fair? Well, call the great folks at Italiano Insurance. It's a family-owned business. Jeff and Nat Italiano are carrying on the 60-year-plus tradition of giving amazing customer service and giving back to the community through their annual backpack drive for needy students and their support of the local pediatric cancer patients. But it's the customer service that sets them apart. They can shop all your insurance needs and save you big-time money. Don't hop on the Internet and waste time looking at some bogus reviews. Talk to knowledgeable agents and not some voice-generated robot. These are confusing times for homeowners, and Italiano's team of experienced professionals can provide the right coverage for every situation, home, auto, business, life. It's Italiano for all the pieces of your life. Call 813-877-7799 or go to italianoinsurance.com. Let's go. Right now. Back to the show with JP on Fan Stream Sports. All right, welcome back to the J.P. Peterson Show, brought to you by our great friends at Italiano Insurance, who just saved me $1,000 on my yearly premium on my auto insurance. My rates got jacked up, so I told them to shop it around. I didn't do it. They did it. They called me back, and Charity stayed on the line till 9.30 at night to get it done because my insurance was going to lapse at midnight. She said, no, we got to get it done tonight, J.P., and she did all the work, stayed there till 9.30, and got it done, and uh, and I saved a thousand bucks. So if you want to save money on your home insurance, your auto insurance, any of your insurance, do that insurance checkup at Italiano Insurance eight one three eight seven seven seventy seven ninety nine, and tell them JP sent you. All right, so you know as usual, and when we're talking about college football media days, we're not talking a lot about who's got the best quarterback, who's got the best running back. We got to talk about the NIL. Because the NIL, let's just face it, is driving college sports these days. It is the um, going to be the deciding factor on who's in the playoffs, who's not, because it's pay for play these days. That's what it is in college football. It's the wild, wild west. And at the uh, SEC media days, Greg Sankey, you know, did something that is predictable, um, and I think in some ways is needed. But I think he came off a little. Um, heavy-handed maybe in saying that there needs to be a overall governance of name, image, and likeness and that uh, the legislate, the Congress needs to get involved with this and make uniform laws for every state, so federal laws that will govern name, image, and likeness. Now, call me shocked, I, I, this doesn't look good. You know, when you have these administrators who make ridiculous amounts of money five six seven million dollars to be a commissioner um, now wanting to crack down on the nil and control it 
it's just this is where I, you know this is why college football is in the situation it is because these greedy administrators never wanted to uh, take the bull by the horns and figure out a way to pay these athletes and control the situation. They were too greedy to make the changes that needed to be made. So what happened? State legislatures started to do it for them, and that's why we have this uneven playing field in all the different states. Missouri's law is different than Texas, and now all these legislatures are trying to open it up to make it as easy as they possibly can for their schools, and why not? They want their schools to have an advantage, and Sankey wants it to be uniform across the nation. So I think while I think his intent is is right, I don't know if um, – I just don't think he, he kind of went about it the right way. And, and to that point, um, Eli uh, Drinkowitz, the Missouri head coach, gets up on the podium right after him and basically says, hey, you know, thank God Missouri's opened everything up and we can do whatever the hell we want in terms of NIL. Um, because remember, the state of Florida, the teams could not be the, – the programs could not be associated – with their NIL collectives. And that caused a really, really big problem for Florida State and Florida. I think they've, they've uh, addressed that now, and it's changing. So um, they could be on par with some of these other teams. But, you know, this is, you know, you hate to talk about it all the time, but this is important stuff in college football. And I think it's going to, you know, it's going to it's gonna resonate what went on here. And I, I just don't have a good feeling. I, I don't want Congress getting involved. I just don't. I think, you know, the leagues need to do this by themselves. I know the NCAA doesn't have any teeth anymore. That's a good thing. But they got to find a way to get everybody together to harness this thing in a fair way for the players. And I'd like to see the players have some representation, you know, maybe not go as far as a union, but have some representation in that process. Yeah, and it's it's almost like exhausting to me, like when I see these SEC media days and it's like, like you said, instead of talking about who the best players are, how your team's looking for this season, it all just comes down to this NIL kind of minutia yeah. that, quite frankly, I've been hearing about NIL last for the last, what, two, three years this has been going on? Three years right? now, yeah. I, I, I write about it sub, somewhat, you know, for a living. Not, I try to not get too deep into the NIL kind of stuff. And it's like I, I walk away and I'm like, I can't understand what we're doing here. Yeah. I can't understand what we're doing here most of the time. I don't know if I'm just the only one that's like oblivious. This is just the way I feel about it. And to your point, I just can't imagine that college athletic issues need to be settled in Congress yeah. of all things. It doesn't well, seem don't... doesn't seem uh, right to me. And then don't even get me started when you have the coaches that continue to get up on this podium and they try to act like they're, you know, they're the good, they're the good witches here, you know, that they, they do things the right way. And there's people that aren't doing it. You're all doing it the, the shady way. Yeah. Like, well, it's not shady anymore, but it's, it's not just, shady anymore, but it's just funny to me that these yeah. coaches continue to say, well, well, they're paying this guy more than, well, you know what? So you were you. you, so were you when it was shady and yeah. that's the lay of the land now. So I, I just, I got no time for, for so many of these discussions with these coaches, especially that continue to bitch about it. I just yeah. don't And you're seeing, you know, we've seen in the last few years some big-name coaches in basketball and football, you know, call it quits. And uh, and, and some coaches like, um, you know, Brian Kelly moved from Notre Dame to LSU where, you know, it's a lot easier. Jimbo Fisher from FSU to Texas A&M, you know, where there's just more emphasis on football and there's more emphasis on NIL and getting money to, to these players because they know – that you know, Brian Kelly knew he wasn't going to be able to compete at Notre Dame, even though they they you know they have they're probably the richest alumni base. They just were not embracing NIL like some of these SEC schools are. So if you're not embracing it, and, and you know Florida State I think is doing a tremendous job, and they're doing it to retain their players as much as get their players, which I think is super smart because you you know you you if you got tape on players that have played in college football, it's much easier to evaluate them than these kids coming out of high school. And the kids coming out of high school, you know, want the moon and the sun uh, and a couple galaxies thrown in. So it's and I, I can tell you, uh, I, I won't tell you his name, but there is a, a, a college coach, a very well-known college coach that got out of it a few years ago and has been asked by multiple big time programs to get back in. And he's like, no, I'm not doing it. I won't. I've been all because of NIL. Don't want to do it. And I think you're going to see a lot of these coaches go away. 
um, because of it and maybe just go to the NFL because the NIL is it's unmanageable. So I, I applaud Greg Sankey in some way of trying to, you know, start the conversation. But I don't think letting Congress do the bidding is the way to go about it. I want them as far away. Those idiots, those, those morons on Capitol Hill, we want them to come up with a solution for NIL. No, God, no, no, thank you. Well, well it, it's it's more like it just you know they got many other issues to, I think that are more important than dealing with the NCAA yeah, yeah, you know yeah. fops yeah because that's that's the whole point and they'll and they'll abscond with all the money they'll find a way to 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 get get the NIL yeah, money for themselves it's just in general the NCAA just they they're taking the the weirdest most unconventional route to trying to fix this issue when years ago they could have gotten out in front of this. Exactly. And done something about it, and created some kind of uniformity in regards to NIL around college football and college athletics. But you, this whole wild, wild west thing, the NCAA mm-hmm. let it become the wild, wild west. Yep. And that's why it's dominated so much about the discussions. It's why I almost despise the the off season for college for college football. I really do. The off season for college football is exhausting. We yeah. did this last year, remember, when it was all about it, the, the NIL last – I remember last offseason was at its highest probably. Yeah. And the whole the drama that was going on with the coaches calling each other out. Jade Rashada, you know, that, that whole deal. Yeah, coaches taking shots at each other, the Jimbo fiasco. I mean, that, that's they've turned that – the offseason has just become the, the eight-month period where we sit here and we all complain about NIL and what can we do. And meanwhile, nothing get, gets done. We're yeah. going into another college football season where we're not anywhere closer, in my opinion, to getting a resolution than we were when we began this whole journey two years ago. Yeah, and I, you know, hopefully the rest of media days will, you know, we'll start talking about who's got what because we, you know, we got new starting quarterback in Georgia. Um, I believe we have a new starter at Alabama too. I yeah, mean, I, yeah, you, the, the the kid came from Notre Dame, uh, yeah. Tyler Buckner's and, J, and Jalen Milrow also. Like the SEC, that's what I'm saying. The SEC media days, I mean, there's so many storylines in the SEC where a lot of people are, are short-selling short Georgia a little bit if they're really the best team. Like a lot of people I see are, are saying like LSU is going to finish above Alabama in the SEC mm. West, right? A lot of people high on LSU. Uh, we're doing the whole hype train again, once again, for Texas A&M. I keep seeing them oh, ranked stop. in the top 15. Yeah, yeah. I'll believe it when I see it with the Bobby Petrino mess that they're setting themselves up for. I could see that one coming. Um, and then, yeah, to your point, I mean, there's quarterbacks who nobody knows who the best quarterback is in the SEC. Nobody knows. It feels like for years we've had that definitive guy that we go to, like that's the guy. And right. now it's like you could pull like five or six names out of a hat. Who's the best quarterback in the SEC? Those are the things I'm more interested in than the, the constant NIL rambling that we continue to do about this. I saw – I'm trying to find it right now, and I cannot find it. Uh, one of my buddies – sent me a list of um, the best offensive lines in in college football this year. And that always correlates to the best teams, believe it or not, the, this list that comes out each and every year. And uh, FSU's offensive line was ranked number three. Number three. I think I got it right here. Yeah, this is I should the, saying that three years ago. Yeah, right? Now, the, the, I've gone from the worst to uh, the best. This is They got Michigan – number one, Georgia, number two, and FSU, number three. They, they only had, was that Kansas State, number four? Huh. Texas A&M, number five, um, and so down the list. They got LSU, nine, Notre Dame, eight, Utah, ten. So, um, yeah, that, that's uh, – we'll, we'll see if that correlates out. I'm – that's going to be one hell of a game between LSU and FSU. That, that to me, is almost a playoff game that is going to happen in camping, crappy Camping World Stadium, Labor Day weekend, FSU, LSU. FSU, of course, got the best of them last year in, uh, in uh, the Superdome. I was there. What a hell of a game. Great start for FSU to that season. And um, it's going to be a huge game. Huge game. Cannot wait. Uh, we're what are we six weeks away? Six September, weeks. Away? September third. Mm. Almost a month away. And a week away from Bucks. From Bucks training camp. Yeah, so eight days away. Um, all right, one more break. Quick break. When we come back, we'll talk a little Bucks. Uh, get you ready for training camp for that. Couple of notes there. 
And uh, the, the Lightning have signed Tanner Janot to a, a contract. I think uh, much is going to be expected of this young man. So quick break and back to finish up. Stay with us. Hey, guys, are you experiencing those feelings of getting older, lower sex drive, fatigue, hot flashes, moodiness, or you just don't feel like you had the vitality you once had? It's a chronic problem here in the United States. You're not just getting old. It's likely low testosterone. Studies over the last 20 years show a shocking decline in younger males aged 16 to 39. Older men have seen a sharp decline as well. So do something about it. Go see my friend Christopher Lugo at Bay Area modern medicine look testosterone replacement is not a frivolous treatment it takes a professional targeted approach that focuses on total body wellness vitality and emotional stability not a one-size-fits-all approach like many clinics use they will monitor your blood work and adjust your treatment as needed for optimal results folks i've been on testosterone therapy for over six years and it is a life changer you will feel and look better than you did 10 years ago give them a call at 844-977-3477 or go to bammc.com tell them jp sent you for priority scheduling that's 844-977-3477 or bammc.com jp here for the jeeves law group have you been injured in an accident in an auto accident truck accident motorcycle accident at work or at a place of business well, call the Jeeves Law Group and get the personal attention that you deserve. I made the mistake many, many years ago with going with one of the bigger law firms, the national law firms. And let me tell you, getting a call back from those folks was next to impossible. Weeks and weeks would go by, never get a call back. That doesn't happen with the Jeeves Law Group. Personal attention is what they're all about. When you call the Jeeves Law Group, you will be part of the family. They will represent you in a vigorous and aggressive way against the insurance companies. These larger companies will promise bigger settlements, but it's the Jeeves Law Group that will get you the best results. If you're tired of dealing with these bigger law firms, check out the Jeeves Law Group. Go to JeevesLawGroup.com, tell them JP sent you, get a free consultation. It's the Jeeves Law Group. Scott Jeeves has been representing clients in the Tampa Bay area for over 25 years. Give them a call. It's a free call. 727-894-2929. 727-894-2929 or go to JeevesLawGroup.com. During COVID, over 1.7 million people were added to the Florida Medicaid rolls. But as of April 1st, 2023, most of these people may not be eligible for the Medicaid coverage and will lose their health plan. If you have been notified you are losing your coverage, don't freak out. It's very likely you can apply for a federal subsidy under the Affordable Care Act. Just call 877-652-0244. Our representatives will walk you through the whole process, get some basic information on your income, number of kids, and then they'll find a plan that best fits your needs. In fact, with the new laws, 90% of Americans qualify for reduced or free health care. You can select great plans like Florida Blue. That's my carrier. Love them paying $800 left after making the call. 877-652-0244. Our highly trained professionals know all the intricacies of the new laws. They will do all the work. You save tons of money. So if you're being dropped from Medicaid, fear not. Call 877-652-0244. Get real health insurance, free doctor visits, free blood work, no deductibles. 877-652-0244. Hey, JP here for Extravaganza Productions Incorporated, EPI. You've probably seen their purple logo at so many events that you've gone to. They are based in Tampa, and for over 33 years, they've been creating and producing conferences, meetings, and special events, the biggest to the smallest, solid reputation of delivering the best audiovisual, sound, lighting, entertainment, video production, and decor on time and on budget. I've worked with them with so many big events, the Warrior Games, which was an Olympic-style event all over uh, Tampa Bay from McDill to the Convention Center to USF. They did it flawlessly, made it look big and fantastic. I've worked with them on small events as well, uh, large and small meetings and conferences, sporting events, fundraisers. If you got a fundraiser, you don't know the logistical way to pull it off, they'll take care of everything. Entertainment events, branding events, grand openings, so much more. The folks at Extravaganza Productions are the most professional and the best. I've worked with them many times. They are fantastic. You can contact them through extravaganzaproductions.com or call 813-621-4700. Extravaganza Productions, they are awesome. Coming back at you. Now, more with JP on Fan Stream Sports. It's only just begun. 
All right, welcome back to a Tuesday edition of J.P. Peterson's show. We talked some Braves. We want to talk some Lightning as well. Tanner Janot gets a deal, a two-year deal, uh, two point what two, two point six AAV for Tanner Janot. Um, exactly where it probably should be, and much will be expected of this young man. Needs to step up and uh, bring his his fisticuffs. But uh, I want to see a little bit more scoring out of him, uh, a little bit more uh, forecheck. Get that get that going a little bit for the Lightning, and I, I think, you know, they gave up. I was just looking at this the other day in the article. Well, all that they gave up to get him, um, he definitely needs to step up and and, and become that guy uh, that that the Lightning need. I don't want to put him, you know, obviously a different player than Yanni Gord, but he's got to be that guy that just sparks the team. You know, gets them going with some physical play. And he needs to, you know, he needs to put the puck in the net too. They need some you know, more like, secondary secondary scoring. Yeah, you know, I was thinking about, you know, what I think best case scenario for Tanner Janot is, and you know, the Lightning have brought in a player of this profile before, and I feel like they've been able to unlock some offense in these guys. If he can be a forty to forty-five point player, that's all I'm asking. Yeah, I don't need fair. sixty to sixty-five. I don't need any of that. I don't even think he's capable of that. 40 to 45 with the kind of enforcer role that he plays, which especially with Pat Maroon no longer there and Corey Perry no longer there, and we're expecting potentially some younger bodies in the bottom six, maybe not the enforcer type. He's going to have to take on that role more so than ever this season, but I'd like to see him, I mean, again, asking for him to score 24 goals again like he did his rookie year in Nashville, that would be great. But as I've said before, there were there were some underlying metrics of why he scored twenty four goals wow. that last year just kind of dried up. But what um, they gave up for him? But for what they gave they up, they got to get that. I know, and that's what I'm saying about this deal. It's like when it happened, the entire NHL yeah. is like clowning the Lightning, and we're just like, okay, but well, we're the only team that's capable of making a deal like this, and and but you got to, it's got to pay off, and you know he got injured and all that, so it's not necessarily his fault. But when you go home in the first round. And you gave up five picks or six picks and a play and a cow foot for him, it doesn't look too good right now for no. Tanner to know. So again, like you said, he's an important piece to what they, they need to do this season. You've got to step it up. All right, and, and, also, and also, real quick, by the way, just on a side note, Ross Colton, uh, if you saw four yeah, by dude. four in Colorado. So if you needed any any more reasoning for why the lightning moved off of Ross Colton, there you go. He was never getting four by four here. No, no. And uh and I'm not sure he's. I'm not sure he's worth that. They're banking. They're going to give him more ice time. I think he's going to play in their top six, maybe with some skill players, fast players, and they're hoping that he can be that guy. Okay. All right. Yesterday we did a couple of polls, uh, and this one, you know, the story over the weekend by Antoine Winfield, who went on the Richard Sherman podcast and said that the Bucks are uh, pursuing Tom Brady, maybe pursuing Tom Brady. So he did a poll um, to ask Bucks fans, do you want Tom Brady back after what you saw last season? 50-50. 50-50. I'm not surprised by that. I think a lot of people would be shocked by that. I'm not surprised by that. Because I think people understand that he's done. He's cooked. And I don't think he's coming back. I, I think I don't know, I think maybe Antoine was trying to get some clicks for Richard's podcast, but I just can't see it. The, the Bucks have moved on. Uh, it's a completely different offense. He could not even play in this offense. Uh, they've retooled. I just, I, I don't see it. But just, listen, it's true. The sponsorships are surcharged 20, 20% if Brady comes back. So it means a lot of money for the Buccaneers. And that's in their contract. And I'm not saying that's a money grab. It's worth it. It's worth it to the sponsors. They wouldn't have signed on for it if it, if it isn't. You get that much more exposure because of Brady. So it's, you know, it's, it's, that's just good business. I'm not faulting the Bucks, but I'm just saying, it, it, are they motivated? Would they like to have it back from a business sense? You're damn right they are. So I, I still don't think it's happening. I don't think it's happening. I've, I've long moved on. Yes. Uh, another uh, a poll we put out yesterday, um, should the Rays give up the farm for Shohei Otani? Uh, yes, go big or go home wins 54% to no, it's not worth it. 46%. So, Rays fans are, look, they want to see a World Series title, and they're tired of waiting for the future. I get it. I get it. I just think, 
you know, it's all in the de devil's in the details, you know, devil's in the details. I don't want to, if, if it's five top prospects, four top prospects in a, in a, a really good major leaguer, um, like, you know, Josh Lowe, I'm not doing it. If it's three pros three pretty good prospects, I'll do it. So I, I just think the devil's in the details there, but I'm not, I'm not giving up the farm, but I think somebody will. So uh, we shall see. All right, that'll do it for us today on a Tuesday. We will be back with more fun and frivolity on Wednesday. Scheduled to appear, uh, Rich Hollenberg and Jim Courier, uh, the tennis champion who was over in Wimbledon calling that. Uh, a spectacular five-set match. We'll talk about the state of tennis in America and uh, the overall state of tennis. A very uh, interesting fortnight in Wimbledon. So join us for uh, tomorrow's show. Have a great day, everybody.